This episode is sponsored by State Farm. You a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Well, look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Guys, New Year's morning. I'm so excited. You guys are up recording early on New Year's morning. Oh, gee, that must mean that you went to bed at 7 a.m. on New Year's Eve as usual. Uh, I just rolled in from the Rose Bowl parade to record this real fast. We, we, I say we had to go to bed did early. I say went to bed at 7 a.m.? I'm at 7 p.m., but it's not beyond OG to, to go to bed at 7 a.m. I figured out where I got that from because I was uh, visiting my dad on his birthday a couple of weeks ago. He said, well, where do you want to go for dinner? And I said, it's your birthday, but it's 3.30. So we've got plenty of time. He's, He's like, like, well, we usually like to eat around 4, 4.15. We got an hour. And uh, so we went and did that. <laughs> and then about 8 o'clock, he was like, well, what time do you usually get up? And I said, eh, about the crack at 8.15, no matter if I got something to do or not. And he said, well, coffee will be on at 5.30 or 6.15. Those are the two settings. So Might have to warm it up in the microwave. Yeah. So he said, I'm going to turn in. It was like 8.05. I was like, all right. Plus, it was 8.05 Eastern time. So it was really about 7 o'clock Central time. So I went and laid down. And and, an amazing thing happens when you go to bed at 7 (laughs) o'clock. You tend to get up at about 6.30 at the latest. Talking about stacking Benjamins, you're stacking sheep. Yes. It's a key component to staying healthy. And you know what? You can do that because of the men and women in our armed forces. You like that, huh? Huh? Another year, guys. It's very true. We know who's going to keep us all safe. On behalf of the men and women at Navy Federal Credit Union, the men and women making podcast in mom's basement, here's to the troops. Stack some Benjamins together, shall we, in 2024. Cheers. Cheers. Happy New Year, everybody. Here's the song that we'd like to do for all the younger set of people, the teenagers and what have you. This one's called Vacation Zope. From Joe's mom's basement, it's the Stacking Benjamin Show. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and Happy New Year, Stacker! Let's crank up 2024 all the way to 11 by helping you focus on what's important with special kick it all off guest, Eric Qualman. Wait, focus? Hey, let's start right now. There's lots of great stuff on today's show, so, uh, uh, you know, just just listen. And now, two guys who do this... 
podcast, Joe and OG. Wow, I cut that a lot. This focus thing really works. Welcome to Cut to the Chase in 2024 podcast. My name's Joe Salcihai. I am Average Joe Money on Twitter. Happy 2024 to you, Stacker, and happy 2024 to our team here that we'll introduce to you right now. Uh, across the card table from me, the other dude, Doug, uh, mentioned very uh, brusquely, Mr. OG's here. How are you, brother? Are you trying to do a heart with your hands? I don't know how to do the hearts. Oh, God, it works. He discovered a new one. Damn. So, uh, people who just joined us for the first time ever, OG, uh, not realizing it's an audio podcast, continually makes uh, all kinds of things that make his Mac go crazy. The people at Cupertino. Like fireworks and hearts. We have to write a letter to the people at Cupertino. <laughs> we just check What it. happens if you use the tall boy salute? Is there any reaction if you just give it the old number one sign, but you know the other number one oh, sign? Oh, no. No, it doesn't react to that. No, I, I maybe there's a. Hey setting. guys, we got a great show today. We've got Eric Qualman here. Eric is a guy who I got to see live. I was super excited that I was going to get to see him because I'd I'd uh, read a couple of his books, and he was a keynote speaker at a credit union conference I emceed in Las Vegas, the Relevant Conference. He is a guy who took a year. And decided that he would work on focus and why he did that and how he did it. We'll have him explain that. But, you know, focusing in 2024, great thing to focus on, huh? As your New Year's resolution. I see what you did there. Yeah. Thank you. Ninja. Uh, but you know what else is ninja? Watch how I transition into this. This episode is sponsored by State Farm. You a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Well, look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers, they're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Bam pow, how about this? Well, if you're new to Stacky Benjamins, you may not know that I've tried out a lot of personal finance apps. I like to be a guinea pig and try out all these things so I know what I'm talking about when it comes to uh, what's helpful and what isn't helpful. And uh, the app that I've used the longest has been Monarch Money. And it's because Cheryl and I, my spouse, were able to collaborate together. We can work on our goals together and our budget and our goals are right next to each other on the app. It is clearly the next generation of personal finance apps. So what is it? Monarch is the top rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. You create custom budgets track progress toward financial goals and collaborate with your partner. And now because you're a stacker, you'll get an extended 30 day free trial. When you go to monarchmoney.com slash Benjamins. I love the fact that we get to collaborate. I love the fact that it's customizable. And I also love that it's this ad free privacy. You can trust. They never sell your data to third parties or show you ads. After trying out Monarch myself, I totally get why it's the top rated personal finance app. And right now, because you're a stacker, you're going to get an extended 30-day free trial to try it out like I try out many different apps. 
And this one was sticky for me because, well, you'll see when you try out the 30-day free trial. Go to monarchmoney.com slash Benjamins. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y.com slash Benjamins for your extended 30-day free trial. Wasn't that amazing? Just transition right through those, OG. Your font of transitioning power. Eric Qualman, waiting in the basement. Let's get moving. Hello, darlings. And now it's time for your favorite part of the show, our stacking Benjamin's headlines. Our headline today comes to us from the USA Today. Uh, not USA Yesterday. It's USA Today. Uh, <laughs> Daniel DeVisay. It looks like Daniel DeVice, but he's got the little thing over his accent over the E. So it's DeVisay. Uh, Daniel writes... A popular payment plan offered by America's big box retailers promises no interest on your purchase if you pay it off in, say, six months. Sounds great, at least until you read the fine print. In, quote, deferred interest plans, consumer advocates say bad things happen to the consumer who fails to pay off the full balance by the time the promotional clock runs out. If even $1 of the debt remains at the end of the promotional period, the deal's off. Suddenly the customer owes every penny of the deferred interest, often at a steep annual rate of 30% or more. It's as if the zero interest promotion never existed. 62% of Americans, OG, say that zero interest payment plans should be against the law. What do you think? Yeah, and probably those same 62% of people are the people who actually use this crap. I mean, I have, haven't you? No, no. You've never bought a piece of furniture on deferred interest or, or went to Lowe's and, you know, did the 0% thing for 12 months, any of that stuff? No, I actually, yes. Uh, when I was first messing up my credit, I did. I bought a, uh, I can't say what I bought because it's going to, again, be another Joe's really old story. Turned But it was a word processor. It was before. <laughs> it was before computers. <laughs> that like a, the keyboard that had that little tiny LCD window on it, where you could see like four words yes. at a time. That one. Yeah, you'd yeah. write like. And then you hit enter, and it would type it. Yeah, you'd write twenty five letters before it actually typed anything. It was brilliant. Thing was great, and so I I bought that, and that was on deferred payment. And of course, guess who uh, didn't make the payments on time on that? The mattress we bought, we did that. It was zero percent for a year, as long as it was paid off within a year. I didn't. I thought it was a great deal. I mean, jokes on them, obviously. In my case, because I made sure I paid it off long. You before. knew that before you even entered into the deal, you knew you had the funds to pay it off, and you were just going to use their money as long as possible. Yeah, yeah, why not? Yeah, I mean, obviously, it works out better for them in the long run. Otherwise, <laughs> they wouldn't offer this, right? right. Like it would, sure. it would cease to exist. I mean, it's no different than. Somebody, I don't know, somebody asked me the other day, hey, should I get a new, I want, I need to buy a new car. Should I finance it at 1.9% or should I pay cash? And it's like, well, if you got the cash, then pay the 1.9 and keep your money in your savings account at five. Why, why wouldn't you do that? That's a, you know, if you've got the responsibility to do that. Yeah. Or the wherewithal. I mean, there's people that just don't have the wherewithal. They, they need a mattress now. And so they go, oh, I'm going to do the 0% and hope for the, for the best in the future. I can tell you how that works out being a guy who's been there. That doesn't work out well. Yeah. If you don't have it, you need to, instead of solving the problem this way, I think the way you need to solve the problem, OG, is find other streams of income to, uh, to create that. And I know that's easy to say, but back when I was working three jobs, just to try to stay afloat, but, but you got to find the money somewhere. You can't use these programs. These, these will rip you off. Every time they'll rip you off if you're in that, that paycheck to paycheck place, OG. Well, and I was going to say the other thing that it encourages you to do is 
shop outside of your comfort zone, so to speak. You know, using the bedding example, right? I need a new bed for whatever reason. I mean, what's wrong with your existing bed? You don't need a new one. You want a new one. And you should go buy one that's 299 bucks out the door. And instead you go, well, I can get this $4,000 one that has massage and heating and cooling and goes up and down and all around. And that's only $299 a month for the next 22 years. So I'll do that instead. And to your point, the right answer is if you absolutely need it, you should find the cheapest thing that will satisfy the actual need when in fact a vast majority of people don't actually need the stuff they think they do. I would edit your phrase that you just used. You said outside of comfort zone. I think unfortunately too many people are comfortable with buying on credit. I would say outside of your responsibility zone. And in fact, it's about to get worse right before Christmas. A firm, one of the companies that offers this, uh, their stock yeah. went crazy uh, just before Christmas because they, I think they had like a 15% bump in one day because the, a deal was announced with Walmart. They're now going to be able to offer a firm at the self-checkout line. So people who <laughs> who are very comfortable using this kind of thing, are, it's now going to be just right in their face. That's all I need is own- somebody in front of me yeah. in the self-checkout line entering their social security number and their work address <laughs> and how much money they're like, what is going on? You're getting a pack of gum. What is happening? <laughs> how many keystrokes does it take to self-check out a pack of gum and a gallon of milk? Sir, I need to enter my social and my mother's maiden name. Give me a second, please. Right. Get out your cell phone camera oh, and uh, just record all of that. Oh, my gosh. I don't know if you know this. This is the king size Kit Kat. Oh, how miserable. Can't pay for that all at once. Don't do that, people. No, it doesn't make it better. And I think, OG, Doug brings up a good point because how many times have you heard people say, well, you know, everybody's in this case and maybe everybody around you is in that case where they're like, oh, my buddy did it that way. And so-and-so did it that way. And the more we normalize you need this, other people in, around you. Yeah. The more we normalize this, the worse it's going to get. Like you cannot use these programs and get ahead. There's no... I don't know that there's any upside besides you already have the money sitting in cash and you have an automatic payment that happens two days before your zero period ends and you pay it. That's the only upside. And seriously, if you're somebody that's messed up with money 15 times and you're going to put $500 onto a firm or Klarna, let's say, and pay 30%. Versus putting it in a high yield savings account, like what's six months in a high yield savings account of 500 bucks is how much money, OG? 12 bucks. Yeah. Is it worth 12 bucks? Just, it doesn't seem like it is. Like let the 12 bucks go until you've got good systems. Let it go. I messed this up personally so many times, not with this stuff, but with credit cards. Oh, I got 30 days to pay it. I'll figure it out later. Didn't we just come through the holiday period where we watch Christmas Vacation for the 500th time. I mean, this is a timeless story about a man who had a pool that he was putting behind his house for the whole family, betting on the future, right? Betting on the fact that he was going to get this big Christmas bonus. And his Christmas bonus came, it didn't, Jelly of the Month Club doesn't put the pool in the ground. It's not exactly the lesson I got out of Christmas Vacation, but, but I can see how you made the leap there. Was it kidnap your boss? Was kidnap your boss the lesson? That's another little... Was it don't host the Christmas party? That's another little subtle micro expression that you can see from Randy Quaid in that movie when Clark is losing his crap over the fact that, you know, he got the Jelly the Month Club thing and everything's going to hell. And he's like, you know what I want? I want my boss wrapped up with a tight little bow on his head, drug from his house on Mallory Lane or whatever. And if you look in the background, you can see Randy Quaid's like, hmm... 
Okay. Like he's actually thinking, you could tell he's thinking about it. <laughs> it's not a random thing that happens. He's like, he plots it out right then. He's like, it's very, very interesting. The background. We will uh, dive more into this in our newsletter, the 201, stackybedjamins.com slash 201. Start your new year right, by the way. You can get your headlines delivered every Tuesday, Thursday, right to your inbox from us, Kevin Bailey on our team. If you're new to Stacking Benjamins, Kevin Bailey does a great job of curating lots of the best on the web, in-depth articles on all the things that we talk about. Stackingbenjamins.com slash 201, always free and always on Tuesday, Thursday. Coming up next, time for our TikTok Minute. This is the part of the show where we shine a light on a TikTok creator who's either created something brilliant or just maybe every once in a while, there's something on TikTok that is only air quotes brilliant. I know. I know what you're saying to yourself. It's all brilliant. Every once in a while, one may slip through. So, OG, are you beginning the new year? New year, new you. Is this going to be brilliant or air quotes brilliant? Well, I mean, I have to stick with the plan, which is that just about everything on the internet is trash. So, oh, um, I should have gone to you. <laughs> I thought well, it was going to be a new year. You needed my positive affirmation that this is going to be awesome. <laughs> At least 50 50. I mean, I could say that. I can say it as often as you want, but <laughs> probably 51% <laughs> of the time, it's crap. All right, OG. This is actually a user who said this is a scene from her favorite show of all time that uh, she said will never get old. And I'll tell you what the show is in just a moment. It's a great January 1st lesson. The weird thing is now I'm exactly where I want to be. I got my dream job at Cornell and I'm still just thinking about my old pals. Only now they're the ones I made here. I wish there was a way to know you're in the good old days before you've actually left them. That's, of course, a scene from The Office. And I think that, OG, that we spend a lot of time thinking about our goals, but we don't think enough about the people, about being in the present. We had our Doug and the Three Ghosts uh, late last year. But, man, there's sometimes you're living the good old days right now. We're too busy thinking about the future to think about the right now. And right now, I feel like there's going to be some bowl games on, so we should Speed probably this along. <laughs> keep this thing moving. There's leftover champagne well, in those you. bottles. <laughs> she needs to hit. Along with a few cigarette butts. <laughs> we got to get on that stat. Uh, Eric Qualman's material has been used in over 500 universities. His animation studio works with some of the world's leading brands like Disney, Oreo, Chase, and Cartier. His social nomics work has been on 60 Minutes and has been in the Wall Street Journal, been used by the National Guard and NASA. But we're going to dive into what Eric Qualman can teach us today about focus. He focused for a year on getting much more intentional. And what a great day to get more intentional January 1st. Right now, though, before we talk to Eric, is he's going to come down and get settled across from us at the card table. Uh, Doug's going to share January 1st trivia. What do we got, man? Hey there, stackers. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and I love Eric Qualman coming down to talk about focus. Check out how focused this is. Here's today's trivia question. On today's date in 1971, a law passed which cost some advertisers millions of Benjamins because they were no longer able to advertise on TV or radio. What consumer products were they? I'll be back, you know, soon. And now a word from our sponsors at Betterment. Do you want your money to dream big? 
Do you want your money to be a total self-starter? Are you annoyed that your money doesn't work hard enough? Well, don't worry. Betterment is here to help. Betterment's the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Their automated technology is built to help maximize returns, meaning when you invest with Betterment, your money can auto-adjust as you get closer to your goal, rebalance if your portfolio gets too far out of line, and your dividends are automatically reinvested. That can increase the potential for compound returns. In other words, your money's breaking a sweat while you can be breaking bread. You'll never picture your money in the same way again. Betterment, the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Visit Betterment.com to get started. Investing involves risk. Performance is not guaranteed. Well, you know, what I think about Navy Federal, I think about the veterans that have done so much for our country. And I also think about some of our active service members. want to say a special shout out to uh, my nephews, Colin and Nathan, who are both in the Navy. Colin is stationed outside Seattle, Washington on a submarine. And my nephew, Nathan, is in South Africa as an air traffic controller. And in Military Appreciation Month, Navy Federal Credit Union wants you also to celebrate members many of whom go above and beyond. Navy Federal offers member-only exclusive rates, discounts, and tools to empower their members and help them reach their goals. It's all branches of the military, veterans, DOD employees, and their family are eligible for Navy Federal membership. They offer 24-7 help from their U.S.-based member service. Visit NavyFederal.org celebrate to see all of their Military Appreciation Month offers and other Navy Federal offers. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA, equalizing lender. Hey there, stackers. I'm the guy getting to the point, Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug. On today's date in 1971, a rule passed costing what types of companies millions? Advertisers were no longer able to sell cigarettes or booze on TV and radio. And while those laws have softened to some degree, at least for booze, those companies, some way, somehow, have figured out how to make a profit. How's that for To The Point? Here to help you take your focus game to the next level, say hello to Eric Qualman. And I'm super happy he's in Mob's basement with us. Eric Waltman's here. How are you, man? So good. So good to be here. Thanks for having me. I am super happy you're going to help us kick off 2024. Let me ask this. You're an incredibly high performer, as we talked about in our introduction while you were coming down the stairs. What traditions do you have to kind of look back on a year and kind of set up the next year for as much success as possible? No, for me, I love to draw out just one page with the biggest thing in the middle. And so that's always for me, family. And you got family guy. Then from there, it spreads out. What are the big, so the bigger the thing you want to get done the next year, it's bigger on the sheet of paper. So if I'm going to write a book, it might just be an image of the book that I'm trying to get published. And then as I progress throughout the year on that, I color. So it's good. It's relaxing. It's adult coloring, but I basically make a one page coloring book, so to speak, of what my vision is for you the year. You color it in as you do it. So it, it starts off all black and white, just images. And then as you get it done, the year goes from, it's almost like the Wizard of Oz going from black and white to color partway through. Yeah, I love that. Black and white to color, whatever they call it. Color tech, I forgot the <laughs> techno color, techno color. So it goes into techno color. Can't believe I remember that, but it goes into techno color. I used to work at a movie theater, but that's a side note. But yeah, it goes into techno color. So that's awesome. Yeah, it just starts out black and white and it has all the big goals, the little goals, not too much on there, right? You probably have like 
15, 20 items. And then you start with the big rocks first and start coloring those in. Do you do much looking back on the year before, or is it mostly just going forward? Yeah. Yeah. It's a old adage, you know, we get less done than we think in a year, but more done than we think in 10 years. So it's a good way to look back and go, man, sometimes I thought I was just running on that treadmill and getting nowhere, but looking back, wow, we got a lot of important stuff done and and understanding that life's not a to-do list. Like you don't want your life to be a to-do list. That's why it's important to be intentional. Uh, and that helps me. So it might help some of your listeners out there to kind of have fun, make a crude illustration like me. Uh, maybe you're a great drawer. I'm not. No. Uh, so I do the best I can. And then I'm, I'm a really good colorer, though. I can stay inside the lines. Do my stick people don't even look like stick people. Like it's that bad. Oh, there you go. I like that. I might borrow that. It's nice. So bad I draw. <laughs> uh, let's start off talking about getting focused, which is why I was so excited to have you join us. Did you see Wonka over the holidays? My daughter saw it last night, so I've not seen it yet. It is amazing. Nothing says holidays more than talking to people who make candy, right? I mean, candy and the holidays go. So I was reading in the introduction to the Focus Project. There's a convention for everything, as you know. You spoke at the National Convectioners Conference. What was that like? Yeah, for your listeners that might not know, a lot of what I do is I'll speak usually between 50 and 60 times a year, put on a performance of an hour for, it could be for a company. It could be, in this case, it's a large audience of confectioners. And so afterwards, sometimes in a cocktail reception, and I found myself with folks that I'm meeting as like a VIP cocktail reception after the event. And literally the names of these people, their last name is is all the stuff you'd find in your Halloween <laughs> smorgasbord. So if you're doing trick-or-treating, like all of a sudden I'm talking, what's your name? It's like, I'm a Mr. Mars, you know, right. that I, I talked to that person go, or whatever. Yeah. 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 And I go, Oh wait, your last name's Mars. Like, <laughs> like your family founded Mars. I mean, I'm Mars. They're like, yeah. And I go, Oh, then the next person I talk to, I go, Oh, where do you live? Like, Oh, in Hershey, Pennsylvania. I go, this is crazy. But all these people are super successful at what they do, which was they're, they're focused on creating chocolate. And I wanted to ask them because I was struggling with focus at the time. And, and I was starting to process of doing my project, which then went into a book. So I have all these people in the room and you, you want to ask questions, right? You don't want to be, you already know what you're going to say. So the best thing to do is just be a sponge. So I go, Hey, you know, you're super successful. Your family's successful. What's the key to that success? They're like, you know what? Eric comes on to one thing. It's focus. I go, Oh, wow. And I go, well, what do you struggle with the most? And they go, stay in focus. As I went through the room, it was the same answer. And then the next week I fly to India to give a talk at Google, I start asking those two questions. What's the key to your success? Focus. What's the biggest challenge you have? Stay in focus. So I go, ah, I'm not alone. And I started talking to more and more people. So that's when I started to do the project for two years and then uh, wrote the book. But it's so hard to focus, as you know. I mean, this time of year, I've got 11, I think that's a number now, 11 things that I want to do. It's so, you've got plenty of statistics about how hard it is for us to focus. Yeah. I mean, I wrote the book, so the Focus Project, and then I always ask myself, what I learn? Like, what, are the, what did I learn? I learned three things. The focus is very, 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 very difficult. It's supposed to be a one-year project that it took a two-year project, but that's how hard it is. But it can become a habit. So that's the key. Focus can become a habit, just like anything else. The second thing was, is that people that are very successful are better at focusing than most of us. And it's not something they were born with. It's not inherent. It's just they've set up systems and processes to make sure that allows them to focus. And more times than not, that systems around saying no to small things so they can say yes to the big things. And then last but not least, this is going to strike home as we kick off the new year. This is really important to remember. Think progress, not perfection. 
Now, I'm not judging you because I am doing this. I'm saying it to myself. I'm talking right now, but I'm actually listening as I speak because I'm like, remind yourself. So this is what we don't want to do. We don't want to say, all right, my New Year's resolution, I'm going to get up an hour earlier because now I'm going to journal for 10 minutes. I'm going to do gratitude for 15. And then I'm going to do a little breathing exercise for 30. And then all of a sudden, it's the afternoon before you get your morning routine done. So then that's why only 7% of us adhere to our New Year's resolutions because we set ourselves up for failure. So what you want to do is just get 1% better. 1% better. How can I get better? And like you just mentioned, Joe, you have 14 things on your list. Some people out there have 100. What's the one thing that you want to do today? What's the one thing if you do it well, it makes all those other 100 things easier or unnecessary? And so break it down into bite-sized chunks. And a lot of you know that it's just inherent that the gravitational pull pulls us to try to do everything at once. And it's really just, let's focus on the big, not the busy. To do that, you decide that you're going to, because you never do anything small, Eric. I mean, we could go through all the different things that you've done, but you decide I'm going to focus on one area of focus every month for a year. Initially, even this was a struggle, right? I mean, you write that in December, you tried to start doing this and even trying to get focused. It was hard enough. It was hard to get focused on getting focused. Yeah, it's crazy because a lot of you will be able to identify with this because we're similar. All of us are living the same movie. We're just different actors within that movie. And so I go, all right, I'd wake up. I'd basically lay awake at night. I go, man, how cool would it be if all I had to worry about is I didn't have to worry about an animation project. I didn't have to worry about writing the script to be on stage. I didn't have to worry about writing my next book. What else if I just worried about cleaning the house or organize all this stuff in the house? How great would that be? How great would the house be organized? So I go, let's do this just a month. Let's start off with two hours a day and focus on something. Then I go, well, that's kind of crazy. That's not working because I tried five times. It didn't work. So let's just break it down to a half hour a day. And most of you out there, you're going to focus on the one thing you have to do to have the luxury to do what I did, which was do this for a year. So I go, I've got to hit our sales number at the beginning of the year. And that's something I can measure. So let's see if this focus stuff even works. And so what I primarily do, as I mentioned, was I speak on stage. So I perform on stage. So we got to get booked to be on stage. So people think, do we want Eric Qualman? Do we want Malcolm Gladwell? Do we want Brene Brown? Do we want you know, Simon Sinek? There's a lot of competition, so we've got to get booked to be on stage. So our first month was, all right, I'm just going to dedicate a half hour day to work on sales. Because historically, we kind of people call us or email us and say, hey, are you available for these dates? We never proactively reach out. Yeah. So what is if we proactively reached out? Like, that's a good fit. Let's reach out to Eminem Mars and, and get that. So to shorten this story up, it's like half hour day. And then all of a sudden, five times, I did 18 minutes the first month. Not 18 minutes for a day. 18 minutes for the entire month. And that's how hard focus is. But on the fifth time, it finally clicked. We were able to do the half hour. And then it also allowed me to measure something. That's why we picked sales as well. Because I got to see if it didn't work, we just wouldn't have a book, we wouldn't have a project. But the end of the story is that we had a record amount of sales, not only for that month, but we achieved our sales for the year within that month just by that simple thing of focusing for a half hour a day on being intentional with that outreach. And so very powerful stuff when you're able to focus because you think about a magnifying glass it's not very powerful when you're moving around all these different things, but when you hold it steady on a fixed point, all of a sudden that can burn through a wall. That small magnifying glass using the power of that sun can burn through that leaf or burn through a wall if you keep it focused. It's funny. I, I had a similar experience. I, I get coaching from a group called Strategic Coach, and we were talking about the looking back at the last decade 
of your life and what are the big things that you did? And it was always those times when I finally, Eric, got rid of all the stuff, all the noise and focused on things that the big rocks move. Like I totally had to do. And yet to your point, there's so much stuff that comes at us every day that it's very difficult to get there. I want to talk about some of the big eureka moments you have from this. And then I want to ask you about the first couple months and really how you pick the things to focus on and what your results were. Your first eureka moment you write, focusing today is hard, really hard, but it can be learned. Like it can be learned to focus. So how did you go from 18 minutes in that full month to the next month setting sales records? Like what did you learn to be able to finally carve out that time? Carve out's a good word. We call it cowboy and cowgirl scheduling. What I learned was, hey, at the fifth failure, I go, why am I repeating what I'm trying to do? What am I doing for the last 10 years? I'm doing the same thing. So I've got to you know, break, break it up. And so what I was doing was basically letting life happen to me rather than attacking life. I was letting life attack me, meaning that I'd get up and I'd probably answer email because it, it showed me that dopamine hit of I have 100 email, I get it down to zero. That feels pretty good. But maybe that's not the number one thing I should be doing. So instead, what I do is I'd carve out cowboy and cowgirl scheduling. So if you know that song by the chicks, it's like wide open spaces. So if you think about a cowboy or a cowgirl, there's a lot of things that are fenced off, but then there's also wide open spaces. So on your schedule, you want to fence off specific times for sales. So I'd fence off half hour a day within that when I first woke up, when my brain's at its optimum point. And so focus on the most important thing first. And then I get that half hour done. If I can get back to sales later, great. If not, I'm already playing with house money because I nailed off that 30 minutes. And so that's what cowboy and cowgirl scheduling looks like is you block off certain times for certain things and then also leave wide open space. And that's hard to do because if you look at Bill Gates and Warren Buffett, they're good friends. And when they first kind of connected and were going over, they were getting interviewed by, I think, Charlie Rose. And they looked at each one's calendar. They're exact opposites. Gates thought was that as a good CEO, your schedule should be completely full with meetings. And then you look at Warren's, it's just like this flip through piece of paper. He had like five meetings for the whole month. And the answer is in the middle there. And so it's really interesting and fascinating to see that Gates had no wide open spaces. And so it's really cowboy, cowgirls, guys, feds off time for the important things usually in the morning. And maybe we'll get into the, the power hour here in a second because it's fun for listeners to kind of guess what they are. But yeah, it's just, it's being intentional. That was the difference. I go, okay, I haven't been intentional. I'd wake up and go, yeah, I should get to that half hour sales. But once I became flipped it and said, I got to be intentional. And then I had it written down the night before. And then I'd check that box off. I did that 30 minutes, but I'd also have it hard fast on that calendar. When you cowboy car girl scheduling right at the beginning of the day too, I feel like a, you're more likely to do it because your head's not full of all the other stuff. But then B, when you talked about playing with the house's money, if you've already done it and you, you're probably more enthused to try to get back to it, I would imagine later in the day, because I don't know, you, if you carve out time for the things that are fun, Eric, at the beginning of the day, like your brain then is focused there. You must have found that that time became available as the day went on. Yeah, exactly. Attack the day before it attacks you. But all of us can relate to this. In school, it turns out our parents are pretty smart. <laughs> They'd go, hey, why don't you study on Friday? Or why don't you get that term paper done on Friday? Because even though you don't think you're thinking about that term paper, if you haven't done it and you know it has to be due by Monday, your brain's thinking about it. You don't realize that, but it actually is thinking about that kind of storm cloud in the back of your head. So it, it's freeing when you do this. And it's key to do it in the morning, we'll get into what time you do it here in a second. Yeah. 
but you want to attack the day before it attacks you. So here's a question for all the listeners well, out and this there. Is, and this is hold on, because even to preview this, Eric, the second takeaway, which I think this, what you're about to say is going to spouse your second big Eureka, which is systems, processes, and routines trump willpower. And I think this idea of your power hour is a big piece of this. If you just set the system, the process, and the routine up, you don't have to worry about, do I have the will to do it? But 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 tell us about the the time of day. Yeah, exactly. Willpower is kind of worthless. So it's really about systems and processes. And so all you listeners out there, I want you to think about if it's a Saturday morning, your kids aren't waking up, there's no alarms. Uh, this sounds like a glorious dream, I know. <laughs> but let's just go with it that it's Saturday. Nothing's going to wait. No dog next door is waking up. You're just going to get up whenever you feel like you're getting up. Think about when you naturally just get up. Like wake up. Not necessarily get out of bed, but you like wake up. All right, so that's your natural inclination. Before seven is a robin. Then you're an eagle, seven to 10. Most people are eagles. And then very few people, it's about 10% are owls, but creative people generally fall into the owl. They wake up after 10 a.m. So what you want to do is, let's say you naturally woke up at 6.30. So you're a robin. The first 30 minutes, you're kind of getting up. You're kind of getting loose. But what you want to do is the power hour is really a half hour after you naturally wake up. So that's from seven to eight. So as much as you possibly can, sometimes this isn't realistic because you got to get kids out, but sometimes you can adjust your schedule. So you adjust actually power hour. But let's say seven to ten, seven to eight, that's your power hour. That's when you want to ta- attack that most important thing. That is not email. So email is very easy to do. That's something you do when your brain's tired. So most of our brains, what it works like is an iPhone. So throughout the day, think about that battery charge. It gets lower and lower. So you want to use your cognitive power when it's at its highest, and that's during this power hour. So that's also what you want to carve it out when that power hour. So if you're an owl, that might be you naturally get about 1030, then your power hour is 11 to 12. So just figure out when that works best for you. But that is your power hour. Do not waste it on stuff that you can do when your brain's tired. And once again, have that fencing out of that time immediately, I would think. Yeah, exactly. Fence that off. Fence off that time for your power hour. And it could be a power half hour. I mean, be realistic. If you just do one minute more a day, that's progress. So it's just getting better. So it's not not just saying you got to do five hours. It's like, just do better. That's it. We do. We start off the year, I think, way too far over our skis. Like we go, oh, I'm going to be miraculously different tomorrow instead of just incrementally a little bit. And then two weeks later, we're doing nothing. It's like all the people that show up at the gym for a week. Your third Eureka moment. This is going to be a huge one, Stackers. Letting something go is sometimes the best way to complete it. You write, letting go. Eric, that's so hard. It is so hard, but letting go. So let's say your business, you want to get on all social media accounts, but then you know that the biggest drivers are Facebook and LinkedIn. Let's just argue that. But in your mind, you've got your list. All right, we got to get an account on TikTok, let's say. And that sits there for month after month. And you go, you know what? It's probably not going to happen. Let's let it go. It's done. There we go. I let it go. That one's gone. A lot of people, especially in America, they think that's like the fetus. No, it's being smart. It's using your limited resources. It's essentially a good analogy, and we might get into how to say no. Let's get into that. Actually, it's really helpful. So you've got to learn how to say no. It's really hard. Um, I'm a people pleaser. Most of you out there are people pleasers. Normally, that serves us well. It serves us for thousands of years. That's how we assimilate in a tribe. But when you say yes to everyone, you're saying no to everyone. So this is the way I I'm able to do it because before I'd say yes to everyone and sometimes just half-ass something. So then everyone loses. But if you just say a definitive sharp no at the beginning, like, hey, I'd love to help out on XYZ, but I'm already booked that day. Sorry. And they're like, that allows them to move on and ask somebody else. And 
It's really getting those systems of saying no in place. So I have a copy and paste email that's really just like, hey, this is a great opportunity. Really appreciate you reaching out to me, but I'm actually a heads down on my next book. So I'm gonna have to pass. Best of luck. And it's hard to do that. But as you start to get better at it, then you learn, wait, if I say yes to everyone, I'm saying no to everyone. Or if I'm really struggling with saying no, I go, you gotta think about it like a surgeon. So if you're a surgeon, you're only allowed to operate a certain amount of hours a week because then you become detrimental to the patient and yourself when you're tired. So you've got to remember you have a limited inventory of yes, you have a limited inventory of energy. So not time management, but energy management. So if you're a surgeon, there's laws in place to protect you and protect the patient. So you got to think about yourself like a surgeon. Yes, you'd love to operate on everyone and save everyone's life. But if you start to do that, you become detrimental to the patient. And so that's why you got to remember, it's all about saying no when you have to. Say no to the little things so you can say yes to the big ones. You have, Eric, a story that really resonated with me about saying no. It's, it's Christmas morning and there is a client and you are furiously at 2 a.m. writing this email to this client. And man, I've, as a people pleaser, I've been there before and you don't want to say no to anything. You don't want to say no to any business. And I know there's people out there that have these people in their life that are just, they're sucking the freaking life out of you. <laughs> and it seems like in this story, this client is sucking the life out of you, Eric. Do you mind telling us that story? Because this is the kind of thing that we should immediately say no to right now. And we don't because we think we're going to miss out on money. No, you're right. Yes. So you're exactly right. We're working with a client. Their busy time of year is the holidays because they sell watches. It's a big brand, most of you know. Um, and we were helping them with something with the digital side of things. And I thought it was I wanted to run an agency as well. That everyone's like, you should run an agency. You should run an agency like Gary Vaynerchuk, like Gary Vee. You should run an agency. And, and clients, after I spoke, would come up and go, hey, we want you to run our social. I'm like, I don't do that. I don't do that. And finally, I'm like, well, let's just try it out. Because I asked my team, I go, you guys want to do that? Yeah, we should do that. All right. I go, I'm not going to be able to help you much. So you're going to have to run it. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. And long story short, things weren't going well. We were beating the numbers, but they weren't happy. So was, and the contract had said that it's going to be rough the first three months. Just like when you work out, you're not going to see anything for the first three months. So if you work out that day and look in the mirror, you're, not, you're like, we're the abs. It's like, no, you got to stay with the process. And the contract specifically says you're going to get frustrated in the first two, three months because this is how it works. But you got to see the process through. That's why you cannot break this contract for 12 months because otherwise we're both going to lose. But yeah, I've started getting these calls on Christmas Eve and then I'm getting these emails and I wake up and wrote. I get this. You wrote that it was 6 p.m. on Christmas Eve. That is BS. Christmas Eve. That I'm up, I had to do ping pong table. I had to put all this kid stuff together. And so at two in the morning, I'm, I'm like up with the email trying to respond to this because it says, kill the contract, kill the contract in the subject line. And literally, they're not allowed to kill the contract, just like I mentioned. It's just legally binding. But I'm sitting there and then all of a sudden I hear some pitter patter from the feet upstairs and I had some stuff still out because I was putting it together while I was answering this email. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I was able to kind of avoid my daughter seeing anything. And then literally that just was a moment of focus for me. I go, you know what? If you guys want to get out of this, we're beating the numbers and this is a process. You're supposed to see it through, but let's just, yeah, you're out of the contract. That's fine. And then we decided we're not doing any of that kind of ad work, that that's not the thing that we like. That's not what we should be focused on. And so, yeah, there's option, a lot of missed revenue there, but then we made a lot more revenue on the other stuff that we're really good at and really want to do. And so that was just an aha moment for me. It's like, nope, we're not doing that. I'm not enjoying that. 
it's funny how you know 30 seconds after the email, because I've had to write some of those emails before too, where writing it just seems, Eric, like the most painful thing in the world. But I'm thinking about a similar email I had to write. And 30 seconds after I wrote it, I felt so damn good. You must have felt great. Yeah, it's liberating. It's liberating. Like, gosh, you know, that's fine. Like, okay, that's perfect. We got to move on. It's like, no, we're not going to do that. And then sometimes proactive before we even get into that. Like if there's an event and someone I go, this is what what we do. This is how it works. They're like, no, we want to do this, this, and this. I go, hey, we're not a real good fit but I can recommend three people that are because we own an animation studio. So we're like, this is the way our process works. We've honed it down over 10 years. It's going to really help you because we've learned it helps with our partners and it's going to really help us. It's a win-win, but it's really different. But that's why you want to hire us because it, it is different. And you're going to get a different product. It's going to be really good, this piece of animation. But you have to see the process through. And then they'll say, well, we want this or this and this. And then we go, yeah, yeah, perfect. We're not a good fit. I've got three people I'd love to recommend for you. Now, sometimes more often than not, what happens is they'll go, oh, yeah, 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 we really want you. We'll do that. We want that process. And so it's funny that it works out better when you do it that way, when you set those parameters and set that focus, because that's what you have to do with partners sometimes is actually help them focus. Because I've been on the other side as well. I've been the client. I've been the partner. And so I know what the challenges are at a big corporation. And so it's really like set those parameters and everybody wins. The first month, you say focus on something different every month. The first month, you focus on building your business. I get that because you want to make sure that the business is going to run while you're focusing on all these other things. What did you focus on in month number two? Oh, man, did I get excited. So the first one was daunting because you're like, sales, man, if this doesn't work, I don't know what we're going to do from a business standpoint, or this book's not going to happen. This project's just not happening because that's measurable. So like you come off of that, the wind's behind you, you're like getting organized. How good does that feel? Because you can see it, right? If it's whether it's digital organization or whether it's physical, especially physical organization, people clean because it allows them to see that momentum, right? We want to see that we're growing. That's the biggest key to fulfillment. So if you want to feel joy and feel fulfilled, it's about are you progressing? And that's why organization, a lot of people do it sometimes too much, but that's why people do it because they can see that accomplishment. Oh gosh, this room's a mess. And now look how organized it is. All the, everything's, look at this fridge. It's so clean. <laughs> everything's, all the labels, they're outward facing. You know, it's, it's, it, they're all, I forgot there's a name for it, but it's when all the labels, like, my wife's like, you're crazy. Like every label has to be turned and fa face. I think they call it facing. So it's called facing where you have every, so think about that. If you're one of me, send me an email, equalman at equalman. Go, I love having my fridge so organized that, yeah, all the labels need to be turned and facing the same way. And, and then now people are thinking I'm crazy. No, I love that when it's just super organized. But it's great because those two things, the business has to run. And then with everything organized, you can focus on the rest of it. So this is very specific to you. I want to ask you a question. Making something a reality. If you have an idea or a goal, you're 10% likely to get it. You write. When you decide that you're going to do it, that goes up to 25%. When you decide when you're going to do it, you double it again, it goes up to 50%. When you commit to someone else, you will do it. It goes up to 65. And when you schedule accountability check-ins with those people, 95%. Now, when you talk about scheduling accountability, I would imagine that accountability is better if it's somebody who's in that arena or is it just an interested friend? Is it a mentor? Like who am I checking in with? Just an interest, anybody could be an interested friend. Some people have their own advisory boards that they set up for themselves. Like they have five people for the year. 
And I've got that on my to-do list. I've never done it, but a lot of people we interviewed for the book that are successful, that's what they do. They kind of set up a mini board and go, then they show them that, that mind map at the beginning of the year and go, hey, I want you to kind of hold me accountable to these five things and give me advice just like an active board would do at a company. So it's really being intentional with your life uh, because how we live our days is how we live our life. And I know everything I'm saying is pretty simple, but it's not easy. Like what you just said, yeah, if I write it down and if I tell someone and then if I have a lunch schedule, that person that I told, oh my gosh, I haven't done anything and I'm about to have that lunch. Guess what I'm doing that morning? Fiercely, I told them I'm going to write this new book. I'm fiercely writing a couple of pages because they're going to ask me, how's the book coming? And so that's the key is really when I say it's simple, not easy, that's why you've got to do that. Now, the question is, well, why don't people do that? Mainly because they don't want to fail. So if they don't tell anyone, in their mind, they can't really fail per se. Let's say that you want to be the world's greatest singer. You want to be the next Taylor Swift. And you sing in the shower, but you never actually go out and sing anywhere. So you never failed, but it's impossible for you to become the next Taylor Swift because you never put yourself out there. So that's why some people do that because they can always say in their mind, even if they're 90, hey, I can be the next Taylor Swift because I haven't failed because I haven't done it. But you've automatically failed because you haven't done it. The key is telling people, sharing it with you. And what you'll find is they're going to be there supporting you. And they'll be there checking in and reminding you, hey, how's the book coming? How's the book coming? Every time you see them. And so you know you're going to see them. Or sometimes you have specific lunches that are check-in meetings. Go, hey, I just want you to, when we have that lunch, the first thing I want you to ask me is, how's your screenplay coming? Because that's going to remind me as I look at the calendar three days out, I go, oh, gosh, I haven't done anything for that. And that's the first question they're going to ask me. I want to end on, I think, something that may be one of the most important parts of this project. In month number three, you go right to family, which I think a lot of people, when they're getting focused, we think about work maybe because we're money nerds on this show. We can focus about our money, but we don't necessarily focus on family. What really happened during that third month when you prioritized that so far up this list, Eric? Made everything else seem so small. When I get stressed out about stuff, it's because I'm thinking inward versus outward. And that's true for most of us. And so when that stress starts to close in on us, it's because we're thinking just inward, meaning about ourselves and not outward about other people. And so when you think about it, you think, start thinking about outward with your family, then it makes everything, it puts everything in perspective. You start to realize that no one's going to remember that you worked those extra hours. No one's going to remember that you crushed it at the office. But your kids and your family are going to remember when you're not there. That's what they're going to remember 10 years from now, 20 years from now. And so reverting back to the Christmas story we talked about, that would have been disastrous memory for my daughter if she would have been able to make it downstairs. And so it's really about understanding the long game. And so with family, that really allows you to understand You've got to play the long game. So I always say, be persistent in the short term, but patient in the long term. Persistent in the short term, patient in the long term. And there's the time that you cowboy schedule right there, everybody. Cowboy cowboy that off because I always find that before I did that, uh, that's the time that got away from me. Yeah, because you think it's the easiest thing to move. Yeah, I'll get to it later. Yeah. Hey, can you reschedule to that meeting to five? Very few of us will say, no, I've got, I'm coaching my girls basketball game. Sorry. Well, this might be a good way to end it on. So 
first of all, I struggle with this to this day with focus. So here I did a two-year project. I wrote the book. I continue to go back to the book because there's institutional research and also street science, me actually testing this stuff. Because the gravitational pull is always to kind of fall back into our bad habits. And so when the world gets wild and crazy, especially certain times of year, I go, whoa, 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 let's go back in. Let's deep dive on that and try to try to figure out what that looks like. So I coached my girls basketball team and we'd gotten in the championship. Hey, but I had, yeah, yeah, it was great. You know, I know that I'd booked an event the day after that because I'm like, you know what? They'll just guarantee we're in the championship because <laughs> now I'm in a, a tough situation. So contractually, I need to fly in the day before to be there. And then the game would not allow for that to happen. So I'm going, oh my gosh, what do I do? Do I just have the assistant coach coach it? But that's going to send the wrong message to the girls that, you know, when you need me most, I'm out the door. I got to go to this business thing. I talked to my parents. They go, what are you going to remember 10 years from now? I go, coaching the game or if they lose and I wasn't there, I'll feel like I let them down. Uh, if we lose when I'm there, at least I was there. And so I go, I'm going to roll the dice. I'm going to get on that book three flights the following morning at like 530 in the morning. Fortunately, it's an afternoon event. So I'm like, okay, I've got three ways to get there. Book three flights. The good news, we start off the game terrible and I'm sitting on the sideline going, did I just stay here for this? <laughs> <laughs> but then the girls came back. It was a great comeback. We won the game by one point. Wow. It was the right decision. Oh my gosh. What win, lose, or draw is the right decision. And then next morning, first flight's canceled. But fortunately, that second flight, away we went and it all worked out. And it was just easy to look back and go, man, my parents, those parents get smart with the years, don't they? They get smarter with the years. Isn't that wild? I felt like when I was 16, yeah. maybe 15, my parents started losing brain cells. It had nothing to do with me, Eric. My parents totally, I don't know how they got dumber. Like they just got dumber. And maybe about 2021, yeah. they started something. Maybe they started eating their Wheaties or carrots or something, but those brain cells started coming back. It was so strange. <laughs> it's wild. It's wild how that works. <laughs> the book is The Focus Project, The Not-So-Simple Art of Doing Less. It's available everywhere. Eric, thank you so much for mentoring us here at the start of 2024. If people need your message at their next business keynote, by the way, we'll also uh, link to your website on our show notes page at stackybenjamins.com. Happy New Year, my friend. Happy New Year. Always good to join you. And also, I love doing this because it reminds me to get back on track as well. Hi, I'm Derek. And when I'm not working on the hook for Joe's mom's next greatest rap album, I'm stacking Benjamins, baby. Huge thanks to Eric. What a great guy to start off the year with. I think this idea of focus OG, I mean, I'm going to reiterate what he said early on. It's, it's hard. You, you can say all day long, you're going to get focused, but I think you've got to have a little machine around that. I'm sorry. What were you talking about? Well, <laughs> it was a pretty long diversion there. I don't blame him for being a little bit like, wait, where were we? Because you were way off to the right. And then all of a sudden you're like, here we go. No, dude, that was the joke. That was OG's joke. Doug. That was the joke. Doug missed the joke. Oh, well, he should be funnier because I didn't get it. Shocking. <laughs> no, I uh, I was focused, kind of, maybe, for sure. Maybe. Partway through, I got distracted. It, it's interesting, the impact of one extra attention, you know, like spending a little bit of extra attention on one thing for a period of time, how, how you'll have success. 
or increase success. I know in you've had area. systems to do that. You shockingly at the end of last year did an ask me anything, which made everybody on the Stacking Benjamins team go, what? Who's this guy who's back on social media for one day after a, over a year being away? That takes systems. Well, let me tell you a little something about not logging into Facebook for 13 months. It is a gigantic pain to get back in. <laughs> They're like, okay, we sent you a password to your email. Okay, now give us the code. Now reset your password. Now go back in your email and get a code. Now download this new app. Oh, you don't have this this login system? Too bad. Uh, it's going to send us an ID. I'm like, well, I don't really have an ID that says OG Stacking Benjamins on it. So this is where we have to find a new way to get into this account. You should have taken the hit and go, you know what? It isn't worth it. That's fun. Yeah, I, I actually got by 90% of the way through and I went, this is why. This is this is, this is is it right here. But The universe is giving you a message. It was fun for the two hours while I was, I'd literally watched every movie on American this year. So I got them all. I was bored. Uh, thanks to everybody who participated in that, by the way. Those are people in our basement Facebook group, and that was a really fun chat. Let's throw out the lifeline and tackle some of life's most important questions. This is the part of the show where we help a stacker in need get the help that they're looking for. And uh, if you would like us to answer your question, head to stackingbenjamins.com slash voicemail. Today, we're going to throw out the lifeline to Stacker Dino. Joe and OG. Doug has me really interested in these t-shirts. With his fashion sense, these shirts must be really top-notch. I feel like the wife and I are in a good position, but want to review a few items. We both turn 50 next year and have two boys in high school. What are some of the things we should be thinking about in terms of where our investments should be focused? The bulk of our funds are in either IRAs or 401ks. Outside of starting with enough for the full company match in the 401k and then fully funding our IRAs, what should be the combination of additional 401k, 529, or after-tax non-401k IRA to give flexibility to early retirement and helping with college costs? We are in a good position to make the full contributions to our IRAs in the month of January. With catch-up contributions starting at 50, how does that work? When can we make those contributions? Is it right away, or do we have to wait until we turn 50 in October or November? Looking forward to your advice. Just no driving advice for my boys from OG. Thanks. Going to have some coleslaw while I wait. Dino. Oh, Mike. He's just checking all the boxes. Checking every box, Dino. Thank you. Thank you for the question. Impressive. Well, and to be fair, I wasn't driving. I wasn't even instructing driving. I was Maybe if you've instructed. Patiently by. Maybe that wouldn't have happened. Maybe Dino is laying the blame at your foot. Maybe you yeah. would have had to had garage reconstruction surgery had you actually been there for your children. Maybe. Maybe that was it. You're probably right. <laughs> Let's start off with uh, the age 50 rule, because maybe a lot of people don't know this. When you get to age 50, all of a sudden you can put more money into your retirement plans. But Dino has that happen at October. Is it the year of? Does he have to wait until October? Let's begin there because that's the easy part. Yeah, super simple. Uh, it's the year of. So the, the contribution is considered to have been done at the end of the year, regardless of when you actually do it. So as long as you meet the criteria by the end of the year aka December 31st, then you're totally fine. There is a new provision for catch-up contributions that was supposed to take effect in 2024. I believe they're delaying it until 25 because not every company can participate in this. This is for catch-up contributions in your workplace plan. So this is, I've contributed the maximum and I'm over 50 and I want to do more. If you're over 50, you can do another 7,500 bucks, right? The Secure 2.0 Act had a rule that that extra needed to go into the Roth. The thinking being, if you're rich enough to be able to save $23,000 in your 401k and then another 7500 
you need to pay your taxes. We get today. to tax it now. Yeah, we we want our money right now. But the industry has not been able to keep up with that. That you know that requires all sorts of changes to every single solitary 401k plan in the country to be able to uh, manage that. That was supposed to take effect first year, and it is not. So you can do that in your workplace plan as well, even if you don't turn 50 until late in the year and you say, well, there's no way I can get that extra 7,500 bucks in by you know, December if I turn 50 in, in uh, November. You can do that throughout the year. Now, your company may not let you do it until that period of time. You can. As far as the other questions in terms of liquidity and where should I put extra savings and, and all of that's just going to boil down to when do you need the money? There's this big, um, I think, myth that you can't access retirement money if you want to retire early. And I don't know how to combat that any more than when we talk about it every so often, which is the IRS doesn't care when you retire. They care about you taking money out of your retirement account for something other than retirement. If you're a great saver, a great investor from the time that you're 16 and you want to retire when you're 41 and you go, but all my money's in my 401k, the IRS doesn't care. There's a provision for you to get money out of your retirement plan without penalty, as long as you're using it for actually retirement. The problem occurs for with penalties and all that other sort of nonsense. When you say, I want to take this money out and go on vacation, the IRS penalizes you to help you, you know, think twice about that. So I really wouldn't concern myself too much with, well, I can't get the money, you know, if I want to retire early and put it in the in your retirement plan, IRAs or workplace plans. But some of those other things that you mentioned, like college or uh, flexibility for other short-term or intermediate goals, are going to require you to put your money in a different place. So I think I would start with when do you need the money and how much do you need and where do you sit in each one of those buckets? You know, you got a couple of uh, high school age kids. College is coming fast and furious. Mine's a, mine's a junior, <laughs> my oldest. And we are writing checks in 18 months from now, probably sooner. I guess. I don't, I don't even know when they, <laughs> when do they start asking you for money when your kid goes to college? Like how far in advance is it? Does anybody know? I don't know. It's generally the second day they're on campus. Yeah, I was going to say, it seems like August or so would be an appropriate time to ask for money, but <laughs> yeah. something makes me think that check's going to be needed to be written sometime earlier in the summer. Might be. But anyway, so you need to write a check in 18 months from now. Your money better be in a place that allows you for 18 month check rating, if that makes sense. You know? Yeah. So that's kind of how I would start with that. Is thinking about it that you way. You see, OG, this is why in my book, I, I started off with timelining out your goals because this calls for that, right? Scoreboard. He, he totally needs a timeline of when I need the money. And I know for some people that gives people hives like, I, what if I don't know? What if I things come up? Well, then you want to uh, have some money that's liquid that's not for any goal but i also understand that people especially if you're a long way from the goal i mean dino is fairly close to some of these things to a lot of these things so for him he could probably timeline those out well for most people i like starting with what you're doing now start with your lifestyle now and based on what you do now plot out okay i've got income streams here coming in i've got this amount of money that i spend today I apply inflation to that using one of the many calculators that are online. And, uh, and this shows my deficit, like how much money I'm going to need at this, at these different junctures, then different investments do well for those time periods. I still know it's better to get more granular than that. And that gives a lot of people hives thinking about what's my purpose. What am I going to do in the future? Oh my God. I don't know. I don't know. We're going to help you solve that question on Wednesday. John Acuff come back on the show OG and he's got a great, great way to unlock the future 
and not be so nervous about it. John's a guy who even says, he's like, whenever anybody's like, so what are you going to do next week, next month, next year? He's like, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. And if you're one of those right. people, he, he picked that lock and we're going to have him on. Sweet. Yeah. And as you timeline that stuff out to your point, it becomes clearer in terms of the next level questions, which is, well, how do I invest for insert thing here? You know, you're looking at it and you say, oh, I've got this extra money. I want to invest for my retirement. It looks like my retirement's 10 years away. How should I invest for the first year of my retirement? Well, 10 years, right? I, I haven't saved any money for my kid's college. The first check I write is 18 months. How should I invest for it? It's too late. You're not investing for it. Now you're just saving for it. You get the opportunity to answer some of these questions when you put timelines on them because uh, it becomes pretty obvious when those events are going to happen. And you don't have to look back but 18 months to see the volatility in the stock market and investing and say, okay, that would have been unpleasant if I was holding on to this money in a long-term bucket when I had a short-term need. Dino, I think, has been with us a long enough time because of all the, the different uh, things that he mentioned in his call. But the big thing that he mentioned that I liked OG was flexibility. You know, a lot of people over-optimize their taxes. They don't think about where do I get the most flexibility with taxes. And to your point, the IRS has programs where you can get to your money. But if you want to make it really easy for yourself, we have this this concept uh, we call the tax control triangle, where the three different ways that money gets taxed and having some of the money in each of those buckets is a good place to start. We have that as a tool that you can get on our website because we've referenced it so much. It's stackingbenjamins.com slash tax triangle. Just go there. It's written up as a PDF. You can then see what buckets you're using now, which ones are a little bit more deficient and, uh, and try to give yourself maybe a little more balance. Thanks for the question, Dino. If you've got a question for the show, stackingbenjamins.com slash voicemail. If you've got more than one question, though, you really need help in a big way. OG and his team are taking clients here in early 2024. So to get on his team's calendar to see how they'll interface with you to make better money decisions this year and beyond, stackingbenjamins.com slash OG gets you there. That wraps up the lifeline, which looking at our agenda means we are headed out to the back porch with these cups of coffee. And uh, back porch on New Year's Day, good good times. Coffee, yeah. Doug, uh, no, no coffee. It's a coffee cup. It's the back porch, dude. It's <laughs> alcohol only. There's something in the coffee cup that it's reminds me porch. of my kids' swim meets. By the way, I I remember going to my kids, my kids' swim meets, and every dad had a coffee cup. So I would <laughs> put out my coffee. You know, six o'clock at night, I got my coffee, my coffee cup, and a buddy of mine goes, "Man, what are you drinking?" I'm like, "I'm like, oh, it's just this stuff I bought down at Kroger." He's like. But Folgers? what? <laughs> yeah. And I told him what coffee is. He's like, do you actually have coffee? There isn't another person who's an adult around this pool with a coffee cup who actually has coffee in their cup. And I'm like, oh, oh. At six in the morning? Jeez. What kind of circles are you running in? <laughs> no, didn't you say it was six at night? Oh, I thought you six said six at night. Yeah. yeah. So it's a, it's, and it's an outdoor pool, right? You're, Cause I remember I went to, I think I went to one of Nick and Autumn's meets. It's an outdoor pool, right? So it's a Festive summer night atmosphere. at six o'clock. Yes. Yeah, you were the idiot. If you even if it even occurred to you to put coffee in to go hang out by a pool at six o'clock on a summer night, that's on you, man. I had no idea, guys, that swim meets could be that fun. After after that, I was I went from eh, I'll show up when my kid swims to I'm going for the whole thing. Oh, they're warming up too. That's fantastic. <laughs> Cheryl's like, up. we got to go. I'm like, well, there's something that there's still uh, the kids in the pool that are warming down. We got to stay. Lots of fun. Doug, what's happening uh, on the back porch? What do we got? 
Well, first thing I want to talk about in the new year, Joe, is this great competition that we're starting called the Joke Off. Joke Off. So this is like a like a tournament bracket style setup where we want slash need our listeners to send in jokes. I'm going to read the jokes off. So as funny as those jokes are to start with, I'm going to make them that much funnier. And we're going to see which one of you two doesn't laugh. It's going to be nearly impossible. You're going to have to take antidepressants. I don't or think something. we can do that because OG's not going to laugh at anything. We tried that one before, Doug. I think all we have to do, we have to take a vote on which joke of the two we think is better that goes to the next one. Because we already know that, that one of us has a great sense of humor and the other one, well, maybe not. Right. <laughs> and he doesn't even look at me when I say right that. Right now, even. <laughs> and I get the right salute. Now, even, he's not able to I smile I finally got the salute. Laugh. There it was. And enjoy that's life. That's the equivalent of a laugh. When OG flips you off, that's the equivalent of he laughed. <laughs> that's right. That's him that's like right. writing LOL. Yeah. Okay. So are you two going to be voting on on whether or not it's funny? Yes. Yeah. We'll decide which of the two who's jokes. The, who's the jury? Uh, the two of us. Okay. So we need our listeners to really step up here because we've been bringing the comedy for like 10, 11 years with the occasional of some very funny Haven Lifeline and Lifeline callers over the years. Should we modify that? I mean, we haven't started. We haven't started yet. So we can even talk about this on the show. Should we be doing it? Or between this show and the next show, should we have a poll and the stackers in the basement decide which of the two jokes is the better joke? Maybe we should do that. I think we absolutely should have uh, the stackers in the basement vote on which joke is funnier. Yes, absolutely. We can weigh in. OG and I can give our opinion, but then we'll give it a, we'll give it mm. a couple shows, uh, maybe till the next week to go. But- we need some jokes. Here, here's the deal, yeah. Doug. I don't think the division of labor is fair here. Not at all. No, because I'm bringing all the entertainment, and you guys are just bringing. Oh like God, no! The That's not what I'm referring to. Information. I have a whole book. Let we me know when you're ready. All this, all yeah. OG had to go buy books about how to be funny. Here's what we're gonna do, Doug. If you make it to the second round, you get a prize. Every round you go, you get a prize, and the prizes will be Whoa. better. We haven't decided what the actual prizes are. We got to ask mom for a bigger allowance to do that, but we're going to make that happen. So we need some jokes. They had to be math jokes. So here's the joke that I used. Math that, jokes? That OG thought was hilarious. They have to be math? They have to be We're money nerds. Or they involve gotta, numbers, yeah. They are math oh. jokes. This is a math joke joke off. Where have you been? We've been talking about this over and over and he over. He was at the store trying to find funny. <laughs> Trying to find the funny in his math joke. Trying to buy a sense of humor. He, he, walk, he walks into the store and says to the guy, hey, uh, I'm looking for some funny math jokes. And the guy at the store looks at him and goes, there are no funny math jokes. What are you talking about? <laughs> Sir, you're in a 7-Eleven. <laughs> the sheepdog, sheepdog walks up to the rancher and goes, hey, I uh, just want to let you know I rounded up your 40 sheep. And the farmer goes, okay, sure. Thanks, man. And goes out, counts them and comes back and goes, wait a minute, there's only 37. Sheepdog looks at him and goes, well, yeah, I rounded them up. See, that's, that's what we're looking for. It's <laughs> exactly what we're looking for. You're killing right there. me. Send those to me, Joe at StackyBenjamins.com. We need so, some jokes. It's going to have to be, this is a 16-team slash joke bracket, right? It's going to take a long time. So This is going to take a long time. The first 16 jokes that we get, that's who's in the contest. You're locked in. And so I got to tell you, there is uh, one good one, one really good one. And one that's just absolutely horrible of, of all the jokes that we've gotten so far. So we've got a show. We've got our 16 can, seed. You can beat, <laughs> you can beat one joke 
There's one joke that's beatable in here so far. So you can do it. Even if you think it's pedestrian, maybe. I don't know. Guys, I know a lot of people on New Year's around this uh, last week of the year went and saw movies. And uh, uh, our family is no exception. So we went and saw this this little film with just a star or two in it that uh, talks about a man that, I don't know, people may may not have heard of. You guys ever hear of this character called Willy Wonka? It's pronounced Wonka. You stole fizzy lifting drinks. You bumped into the ceiling, which now has to be washed and (laughs) sterilized. You get nothing. Good day, sir. Wow. You even even memorized it. Oh, I'm a huge fan. Here's a little piece of the new movie, which is a prequel about how Willy Wonka became Wonka. I've spent the past seven years traveling the world perfecting my craft. You see, I'm something of a magician, inventor, and chocolate maker. So quiet up and listen down. Nope, scratch that. Reverse it. Mr. Wonka, I can say you're a man of great ingenuity. What are you doing? I'm making chocolate, of course. How do you like it? Dark, white, nutty, absolutely insane. Many people have come here to sell chocolate. They've all been crushed by the chocolate cartel. You can't get a shop without selling chocolate. And you can't sell chocolate without a shop. No daydreaming. What are we going to do, Willie? Huh. Huh? Huh. A double hop. Get the pencil and paper. Uh-huh. I got an idea. And Willy Wonka, of course, has an idea. You know why? Because he's Willy Wonka. That's why. This film dives in really early into Wonka's career, begins with him as a guy with no money, just big dreams, going to this city where he wants to set up shop and become a chocolatier. There are one or two or a billion uh, stars in this film. I, I have no idea. I didn't look up what the budget was for this film, but it had to be maybe a billion dollars. Uh, not only is Willy Wonka, uh, Timothy Chamelier, who, who I don't, I'm not a big uh, Chamelier. Are you guys? OG, do you like Timothy Chamelier? Never heard of him, so don't have an opinion. <laughs> I think that's a food, Joe. I think the last name you're saying is not the word you think it is. Chamelier. Oh, that's the guy who gives you your wine at the restaurant. Right. Yeah. I think that's right. Yes. Well, yeah, that, I mean, maybe that's my point. Big time actor, been in a lot of big stuff. And uh, you guys are like, what? What? Olivia Coleman is in this movie. Keegan-Michael Key from Key and Peele is in this movie. You heard the voice of Jim Carter. That's an unmistakable voice. You're like, who's Jim Carter? But he's the voice you heard. If you watched Downton Abbey, every person that watched Downton Abbey just went, oh, that's the Downton Abbey guy. The butler sure was. Sally Hawkins from Shape of Water. And uh, Hugh Grant also has a, has a big role in this movie. So lots and lots of names. Somebody asked me before I went in, they said, is this going to be a musical? And I said, God, I hope not. Turns out it is. And also turns out this, this movie is fantastic. I got hard. I don't know if I like this film or the holdovers better. Both of these movies were just so freaking well done from the beginning to the end. I did not really want to go see Wonka. Cheryl wanted to see it. I'm like, seems dumb to me. It was super good. This is going to be a classic. You can see in the Rotten Tomatoes score, which is, I believe, a 96%. Audiences gave it a 98%. I said, okay, Cheryl wants to see it. We go back and forth on the movie we want to see. I can sit through anything for two hours for my amazing bride. And uh, within 10 minutes, I was in. Uh, Keegan-Michael Key, uh, all the characters. Just It is so well done. 
The new songs are well done. Of course, there's reprises of the old ones that you remember from the Gene Wilder days. I did not like the Johnny Depp version of this. I thought it was stupid, which is another reason why I thought, I'm like, oh God, they're bringing back Willy Wonka again to ruin it again. Like, it's so good. The Gene Wilder one is so damn good that I, my expectations were sky high and it exceeded it. I can see why it's breaking records. But you generally like musicals, right? Like there are a lot of musicals you've enjoyed. I've enjoyed some. I can't. I enjoy them. a good a good story that dives into who characters are, who the characters are, and I absolutely love this. I like the hope in it. I like I like the aspiration. I like the fact that it's about you know there's lots of forces that are against you. There's this cartel against him, and yet man, if you're somebody with a dream and and the desire to do something, like go do it. Like you can't not leave Wonka inspired. It was so inspiring. They got a Pablo I, Escobar character in here. There's a cartel against him. There there is. There's the chocolate cartel. They're awesome. There are three, there are, excuse me, not three. There's two movies that I absolutely love this year. And I'm still trying to, to figure out which one I like better. The Holdovers and Wonka. I've got his equal favorites. Like those are, those are two movies I can tell anybody to go see. Go see The Holdovers starring Paul Giamatti. Well, yeah. OG, you've got to see this because it's one of your favorite actors. It's Paul Giamatti. Holdovers amazing with Giamatti, but also completely different feel. Like both of these are hopeful movies but completely different feel. Holdovers is very 70s on purpose, where Wonka is very, of course, very colorful and big budget. Good to see. As a guy that got dragged to see it, can't recommend it enough. Uh, go see Wonka. With Timothy Chalumain-Noir. Yes, Timothy, guy that brings your wine. On Wednesday, John Acuff coming to join us. Can't wait to go from focusing to focusing on great goals. It's goal-setting week here on the show. Doug? What were our takeaways from show number one of 2024? Well, Joe, here's what's on our stacked to-do list for today. First, take some advice from Eric Qualman. Want to focus more in 2024? Pick a thing, two hours a day, jump on it. Second, buy now and pay later. Don't get caught up in the cycle of, I'll figure out how to pay for this later. That does not end well. Trust us on that. We've been there. But the big lesson, this focus thing Maybe off. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love it. But less of me? Are you crazy? You need more. Get ready for a great 2024 stacker because here comes Doug. Thanks to Eric Qualman for joining us today. You can find all his number one best-selling books wherever books are sold. We'll also include links in our show notes at stackingbenjamins.com. This show is the property of SB Podcasts, LLC, copyright 2024, and is created by Josal Sihai. Our producer is Karen Repine. This show was written by Lisa Curry, who's also the host of the Long Story Long podcast, with help from me, Joe, and Doc G from the Earn and Invest podcast. Kevin Bailey helps us take a deeper dive into all the topics covered on each episode in our newsletter called The 201. You'll find the 411 on all things money at the 201. Just visit stackingbenjamins.com slash 201. Wonder how beautiful we all are? Of course, you'll never know if you don't check out our YouTube version of the show, engineered by Tina Eichenberg. Then you'll see once and for all that I'm the best thing going for this podcast. Once we bottle up all this goodness, we ship it to our engineer, the amazing Steve Stewart. Steve helps the rest of our team sound nearly as good as I do right now. 
Want to chat with friends about the show later? Mom's friend Gertrude, Stacy Doe, and Julia Garib are our social media coordinators, and Gertrude is the room mother in our Facebook group called The Basement. So say hello when you see us posting online. To join all the basement fun with other stackers, type stackingbenjamins.com slash basement. For more interactive fun, join us in Instagram every Tuesday and Thursday for our Instagram Lives. Kate Yonkin and Joe host these weekly. Not only should you not take advice from these nerds, don't take advice from people you don't know. This show is for entertainment purposes only. Before making any financial decisions, speak with a real financial advisor. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and we'll see you next time back here at the Stacking Benjamin Show. And Doug, you've got the pronunciation. Yeah, it's exactly how it's spelled. Chalamet. Chalamet. Well, Uh, how it's spelled should be Chalamet, but Chalamet. Our apologies to Timothy Chalamet. I'm sure he's a big fan of the show and um, my bad. Well, stackers, the show might be over, but the celebrations are just beginning because it is military appreciation month that I want to celebrate people like my brother-in-law, Eric, who is such a giving person. Eric will do just anything for you. And as a Marine, you can see that his time in the military taught him to be a guy who gives to his community, gives to his family and is always there when you need them. This Military Appreciation Month, Navy Federal Credit Union wants to celebrate members like Eric who go above and beyond. Navy Federal offers member-only exclusive rates, discounts, and tools to empower their members and help them reach their goals. Navy Federal's employees are part of the community they serve. Many of them are military family members, reservists, or veterans, and all branches of the military, veterans, DOD employees, and their families are eligible for Navy Federal membership. In fact, There are so many resources on the Navy Federal website, resources like Best Cities After Service to help veterans transition to civilian life and Best Careers for Military Spouses to support military families. Visit NavyFederal.org slash celebrate and you'll see all of their Military Appreciation Month offers and other Navy Federal offers. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA, Equal Housing Lender.